Hi, my name is Shaila and I'm a research assistant at the Research Hub. Welcome to this 10th episode of the podcast series. Today, we have Dr. Karin Mamcher with us. Dr. Mamcher is a professor, author, and writer in residence in the Faculty of Education. She believes in learning through authentic activity, and in both her teaching and research, she welcomes a divergent, multifaceted stance. She believes the path to creative writing and so-called scholarly writing is very similar. Once we recognize what attitudes, values, knowledge, and skills it takes to be a good writer, we can work to develop them. Dr. Mamcher uses what has taken her a lifetime to learn in her own work and passes it on to whoever seriously wants to listen. Dr. Mamcher, my first question to you is, it seems that writing and the teaching of writing have dominated a lot of your research. When did all this start for you? Well, uh, I was probably about three years old when it started. I was lucky enough to be born into a family where people told stories. We were storytellers. I was born into a storytelling family. Literature was a big part of my life. And so I, I read a lot, but not as a writer. I didn't learn that until I went to Florida to do my doctorate. And I worked with people like Harry Cruz and Toni Morrison. Then I learned a lot about writing. And Toni Morrison had a wonderful thing. She said, a writer has a great memory. One of the things about being a writer is you have to be open, not to just try to be good, not just try to look good. Like if you're trying to look good and you're trying to look smart and you're trying to look perfect. And that's why when you write, you have to spend a few hours at it because consciously you're doing something, but the best work comes from your unconscious. Teaching background, because I teach English as well. I used to teach at home, uh, back home. So my question is, you know, yes, it is important for students to feel free and to write Mm -hmm. and to express themselves. But when in the university setting, there are rules, pass, fail. So how do you combine both approaches? Like on one hand, there's a requirement of passing a course or doing well. In the university, the question of CGPA is always there. And then the issues of grammar, of spelling, of perfect writing. So what would you tell students? How how can they overcome these issues? I teach them to find themselves in every assignment. For example, the professor says, I want you to write about the French Revolution. And so you get the book of the French Revolution and you start copying bits out, which is what often happens. And then you're not too sure, but you try to find some way to hook all these little quotations together and make some kind of sense out of it. Mm-hmm. And you're not personally engaged. So what I say is, first of all, let's look at the assignment. What was the assignment actually asking you? Before you start answering it, you got to figure out what... I would say at least 60% of students don't really look at the question. They (laughs) rush into the answer. Now, when we look at this question, do we not have some freedom within that? So it is not dictated, unless the teacher is really lousy, it really shouldn't be that dictated. And if it is, if it's really so narrowly dictated, you have no choice at all, but there's something else that interests you, I would go and ask the professor if you can do it a little bit differently, and 90% of the time they'll say yes. 
But your job, first of all, is to understand why is the professor asking this question? What do they want to know? Do they want to know if I understand something? What do they want to know if I understand? Or do they, are they just checking if I can write cohesively? Well, what is the purpose of my doing this assignment? So make sure you understand that before you try to do it, because you're just guessing what you're supposed to do and you're not getting it right. So understanding the question, understanding your audience, and then find yourself in it. So is there anything about the French Revolution that would interest you? Somebody will always come up with something. What you do is you find the thing that you're interested in, and then you find all the facts related to it, and you write them all down, and you try to see connections. You're going to make connections between things because writing is making connections. The originality of writing is the connections you make that somebody else wouldn't have thought of. So you make those connections. And the difference between an A paper and a C paper is that the A student writes for herself and the C student writes for the professor. If you start writing for yourself, your work will be A. Now, that's the big picture of it. Know what the question is really asking. Find yourself and your own particular interest in that question. Then go and do all your research. Put it all together, seeing connections. Study it until it looks like nothing else looks like. Find the uniqueness in it. Just keep looking at it. It's almost like uh, meditation. You look at this topic and you look at all the facts you've written down and you start to see connections that you have to bring who you are into that situation and find some human connection to it, no matter how technical and scholarly it is. Then now we're down. We've now written the first, the second, the third draft. We have revised it according to some of the skills that I will teach the students. Only now do you think about editing it. Editing is the superficial stuff. Editing is the sentences, the spelling, the grammar. That's very difficult when you're first learning a language. So there's lots of places at the university you can get help to do that. If you have a topic that is real, and you've written about it in this intelligent, sensitive way. Not too many professors are going to do the low grade because your verb tense is wrong. I mean, they are not. They will help you. Or go to Learning Commons. They, the reason you're trying to get the grammar and spelling is because you're, you're aware of your audience. Your audience gets clues from that. So yeah. your professors, you know, speak English as the main language here at the university, and they get clues from the tense. If you have that wrong, when you're reading, you'll slow down and you'll have to go over the sentence and try to sort of figure out from the context the meaning. And you don't want them to do that. You want them to go smooth because they'll keep your energy. You, you want your energy. So you're creating this energetic relationship with the reader. So you try to get the grammar and spelling as close to what standard is. But if you start by worrying about the grammar and the spelling, It'll be stilted, it'll be, you'll give up, you'll be confused, you'll write a sentence and then cross it out and write it again. And all of a sudden your big thoughts are lost. All that beauty is lost. And to be quite frank, a lot of the idiomatic expressions of translation are so beautiful. They're metaphoric. And I always say, oh, leave that in. 
it, it may not be English correct, but it is beautiful. I way prefer, let's turn that into a poem where you can get away with that. And then, yeah, it is important to keep the bigger picture in mind. I, that's so true and it makes so much sense. And then, yeah, of course, too. I think you also kind of what you're saying, suggesting that having that personal touch to writing is what makes our writing our own and then to something that we can relate to. Um, so we are almost at the end of the podcast. I just have one last question for you. If you had one thing to tell to your grad students about writing their scholarly work, uh, what would that be? I think the most important thing is to think of your writing as telling a story. So in your dissertation, you are telling a story. You're telling a story you care about. It could be a philosophical statement. It could be research. It could be a review of all of the ideas and that, whatever it is. It's really your story. And every story has three parts. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. Act one, act two, and act three. And act one is called, in the filmmaking industry, is the setup. So the setup is where you tell your audience, your reader, everything they need to know in order to understand the rest of your work. So you must be very precise. And in that, you, you have a job, a responsibility. The beginning of a thing always teaches the reader how to read it. Now, in an oral exam, that is extremely important. If you don't make it explicit, your external reader may have a different idea of what to expect. And I promise you, there'll be rewrites. You have to set that up so that they know your intention and how you carried it out. If your intention is not clear, they will make up an intention and they'll say, oh, but you didn't do this and this and this. Of all my students, nobody has had to do a rewrite. They get passed as it is, just always, because I teach them how at the beginning to make sure there's clarity. Your opening is so important. So your setup has to say what, why, a little bit how. It, it's setting that tone. Finding a way to, re, to create that connection between you and the external is very important. Now, fiction writers know that. We do that all the time. If you think of the beginning of great movies, you know, The Sound of Music, it's a movie that's watched by more people. Oh, hills are alive. She's, you know, it starts out with that image and you've got that so now the ending is also very important the ending is not a summary a good ending always suggests a new beginning so when you do your ending it has to be satisfying and it has to move the person into thinking about more so you, this is just a start. It's going to go on. So all good endings to anything in fiction suggests a new beginning. I mean, for that reason, I studied psychological type and the archetype to do character arcs. And I teach filmmakers to do character arcs. And how I do it is I say, choose what the archetype is because every archetype moves on to the next archetype. So you have to have something in that ending that suggests the move on to the next archetype. And when I learned that in filmmaking, I said, oh, that's true in dissertation writing. That's true in all. So there must be something in your ending that suggests a new beginning. 
That's a very powerful way to end. Don't think it's a summary. It's not a summary. It's uh, often a conclusion, it's, but there should, and sometimes there's even a heading, you know, need for the next research, it's sometimes called. But what it really is, instead of thinking of the headings and filling them in, think I'm creating this relationship with my readers and future researchers. So what might I suggest that goes on? And now you're having a relationship with somebody. So you're, you are, in writing your story, creating a meaningful relationship with other researchers. That's what you're doing. And that's why it must be a worthy topic for them and for you. There's one more little hint about that. The end of a thing teaches the beginning. You can't write your setup until you know your end because you are setting up for the end. Now, when you are starting your research, you don't know the end, but when you're writing it up, you know the end. And so you have to think about that end. So lots of times students will want to write the beginning. Oh, I know my purpose, my need, and everything. I say, no, you don't know the end yet. You can't write the beginning because the beginning prepares you for the end. So you can't write it yet. You'll probably write it the last thing because only then have you really gone through it all. Because even in, in um, writing up your data, you may make a discovery that you didn't know. Because really good research opens the door to more questions. If you, all you get are answers, it's kind of boring. You want more questions. That's really what you're looking for. So that's what I would tell them. The one thing is you are writing a story. That's amazing. That's really, really such insightful talk and then I certainly learned a lot and I'm leaving with so many good suggestions and advices really this is going to help me a lot so Great. thank you very much <laughs>